Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. And welcome back to the next episode of Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. Today, I had an incredible, incredible friend of mine, Gina, who, you know, has gone on any... Look, again, everyone's gone on their own journey, but I really have known Gina for about four or five years now and seeing where she was as a person then and who, and who she is as a person today is an absolutely incredible testament to her on how far she's come you know, what she's had to endure to get to where she is and some of the lifestyle changes she made. You know, we talked a lot about her upbringing from childhood, childhood trauma through to, you know, some of the work she did on that to, to heal and, and rebuild and relearn some, some new and improved ways of living to a new style of living in a new lifestyle uh, in a more open relationship uh, with free-flowing love, which is absolutely incredible. And the way she explains it and the way she really, you know, lays it out on the table for you to listen to now is easy to understand, easy to join the dots, easy to say, cool, I understand now why some people think like that, believe like that, act like that, live like that. Um, she articulates it really, really well. Uh, and I think we chatted for a good hour and a bit, hour 15. Uh, she gave heaps of really good book re- references, some good social media followings that you should, people you should be following online, uh, which are going to be in the show notes for you as well. So enjoy the show. Gina is an absolute legend and a really good friend of mine. It was my pleasure to have her on the show. Please do follow, uh, go online and follow her. Her links are in the in the show notes as well. Follow the both of us, subscribe to the show, enjoy. And if you want more of this type of content, let me know. We can always, always give you what you want. All right, enough from me. Enjoy the episode with Gina. Here it is. Gina, welcome to the show. You are a legend. Thank you so much for making some time to be here today. I am excited. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm so excited that you invited me on. That's Always. a really cool honor. Thank you. No, nah, my pleasure. You've, um, like I said before we went live, for, for me watching the journey, the transition and everything that's happened to who the person you are today and the person you're going to be into the future, I was like, we need to have a chat. So much value to give and to share. Uh, like I mentioned though, we do rapid fire at the start. I didn't tell you any of the questions. It's 15 of them. Quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready? Let's do it. Favorite song right now? Oh, um, you remind me by Asha. I was singing it this morning. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> he's, he's the goat, that guy, I swear. He's Dude, the goat. I'm, I've just been listening to my old school R&B playlist mm, totally. on repeat the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Good vibes. What's your favorite movie? Um, Pocahontas. <laughs> I don't watch movies. <laughs> is that like a, is that an animated version? Is it one of those human versions? No, the OG, the OG cartoon with the leaves in the hair. <laughs> yeah, like it's so it. hard to think of an answer, but um, yeah, that's that's the first one that came to mind. Welcome to Rapid Fire. Yes. Uh, what's your favorite book? Um, I will say it didn't start with you by Dr. Mark Wolin. Didn't start with you. I like the title. Yeah, it's all about how intergenerational trauma impacts mm. you in your future. Yeah. I like it. I like I, I like how it's like it didn't start with you, which is implying that you can change it. Like it didn't you didn't choose the start, but you can make you can make the finish different. Hundred percent. Favorite color. 
Mm, orange. <laughs> I like all the colors, earthy colors. <laughs> Favorite color? All of them. Love them. What's your go-to meal? Um, baked sweet potato with chickpeas on top with a really oh. nice sauce over the top of it. Wow. What sort of sauce are we talking here? Um, normally like a vegan chipotle mayo. Yeah. I love chickpeas. I've been vibing chickpeas recently too. Mm, so love tasty. Favorite TV show? I do not have it. I don't watch TV. I haven't in many years. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in the pa- past, Gina, what would she have been watching? Um, when I was a teenager, I loved Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> love it. What was your first job, Gina? I was a membership officer at the local gym where I grew up, which was Liverpool, Sydney. If anyone's from Liverpool, represent. Represent. I like it. (laughs) Welcome. Hey, uh, your biggest celebrity or sporting idol growing up? I literally have never had an idol. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember being asked this question when I was working at one of my corporate jobs and I was like, I'm literally just motivated by myself. Like no one else interests me. Um, like I said to my partner the other day when I was doing Pilates, I was like, my Pilates instructor, she's one person I'd love to meet out of any celebrity in the world. And then the next day we met her. So manifestation, very quick. (laughs) I like that. Putting it out there. Uh, Gina, what's a pet hate of yours? Um, seeing people drink out of plastic water bottles. (laughs) Who would do such a thing? (laughs) Who would do such a thing? (laughs) BPA free. Plastic bottles. (laughs) Plastic bottle drinkers. Yes. I like it. Are you more of a book or audio book? Definitely physical book. Yeah. I have a very big bookshelf, yes. I like it. Summer or winter? Summer for sure. Explains Byron. Uh, yes. What is something that you haven't done that you really want to do though? Mm, my mind just went sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I would say a threesome but with two guys. I like it. Yeah, it's something my partner and I have been speaking about just today, actually. <laughs> there you go. Again, manifesting it. Now, that's twice. It's that's probably twice. tomorrow now. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Maybe tonight. Um, <laughs> sum up your mindset in one word. I'll say that again, sorry? Sum up your mindset in one word. Badass. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Proudest moment personally and proudest moment professionally. Ooh, um, personally would probably be when I first moved out of my family home growing up. That was a really big thing tied with a lot of trauma. So I'm really happy that happened. And professionally, it's also a move. But I would say my most recent job that I'm doing now allowed me to work full time online and allowed me to move up to Byron Bay, which has been my dream location to live. So that's a, I'll tie that with my professional. Love that. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Gina, tell us something that no one knows about you. I am such an open book, so it's so hard. Okay, maybe no one knows that I have two really fluffy pillows. There's um, a cute <laughs> rainbow and a cute sunflower. <laughs> I can show you if you like. They're really cute. Absolutely. And the sunflower, I actually spent $60 on it. Oh, wow. That's yeah, fun. It's so cute, though. They are really cool. They're like good quality, though. They look good. They, this they one was six, $6 from McW. <laughs> and the other one was 60 Good contrast. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. like it. I like it. Uh, third last question. If you could choose to have lunch with any one person in the world, dead or alive, who would it be 
You got a two hour time limit with them. And where would you have lunch? Uh, I feel like just choosing my mum because I don't care about anyone else that much. Um, and where? Um, probably at Eden in Bondi, really nice vegan restaurant there. I like it. Beautiful. Second last question. What was 10-year-old Gina like? I think, okay, so she was just about to start high school. She was really cool. She was school captain of her primary school, really sporty, loved to learn, was a nerd, played played soccer and basketball with all the boys, thought she was one of the boys. <laughs> um, yeah, loved to be outside most of the time. Still the same now. Exactly, yeah. I I really connect to my inner child and honour her as much as possible, for sure. I love that. I love that. Last question. Your favourite superhero? (laughs) Don't have one. I don't like superhero movies. (laughs) Who who was like the main character from Gossip Girl? We'll just call it her. Oh, okay. I'll say Pocahontas. (laughs) There you go. That that works. Actually, Mulan. Mulan. Mulan is badass. That's a good movie too. We watched that recently. That's good. (laughs) Gina, that's rapid fire. Well done. Good job. Thank you. Good job. You did well. I want to try your sweet potato with chickpeas. Yeah, it's really nice. I can can send you a recipe. That was my OG inspo for the the meal. I like it. Gina, like I said at the start, you've been on an incredible journey. Um, From when I got to know you and meet you and, and had the chance to work with you and then, but I'm sure there was lots and lots and lots before that. Well, there definitely was because you didn't just magically appear on earth at that time. You had a whole life before that. Uh, and then to see where you are now, and then to, I'm sure there's the journey in between has been lots of ups and downs, some good, some bad, some everything in, and all uh, that's happened. But for me, my first question to you is, what inspired this whole, from I guess from when I met you, from then to now, what, what, what's inspired and driven and, and motivated this move, the new job, the new career, the new lifestyle, the new way of life? Yeah, I have a mantra that I'm pretty sure I made up myself, but it's to follow the flow that feels good. And I don't know for how many years I've been telling myself that and doing that, but that is literally my biggest inspiration, just to follow what feels good. And in that, allowing myself to pivot when I've maybe made a plan or made a commitment or set a very public goal or done a crowdfunding something for this business and just being like, you know what, that doesn't align with my highest values anymore, my highest self. I'm going to pivot and follow what feels good. So just doing that in every single stage of my life has brought me to where I am now and allowed me to be open-minded enough to shift the way I think about relationships, about work, about family, about boundaries. Mm. Yeah, so I much to unpack. Yeah, and it's actually, it's, I've never heard that quote before, and I'm going to, you can claim it, you can put your name at the end of it. Yeah, Follow the flow my, that feels bio. good. Yeah. <laughs> Follow the flow that feels good. I like it. I like it. And that is a big, big sort of, it's not a buzzword, but it is a topic like people are understanding more about, you know, manifestation, flow, being in alignment, doing some inner work, meditation, journaling, like it's becoming a more mainstream thing. And I, and I know I, I listened on a, on a recent podcast that you're on that you're a massive journal journaler. I don't know if that's the right word, but people know what yeah. I'm saying. You're a journaler. Um, what's, what, what's that helped you with? Because like, I know there's a lot of people, because I was like this. I don't know if you were, it was like journaling, pff, write down stuff, like pff, whatever. Until you start doing it, you're like, this writing down stuff is like incredible. What have yeah. you seen that the, 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 the benefit, especially in these last maybe two or three years during COVID lockdowns and then the lifestyle changes for you, 
what's journaling been able to, you know, open up for you? For sure. Well, I've been somehow gifted to love writing my whole life. Like I remember being a really young child with my first little notebook and just writing random words that I still have to this day, which is super cute. (laughs) So when journaling really became super prevalent to me was about four years ago when I developed really bad anxiety. And I kind of went down a really holistic approach because I didn't want to go into anti-anxiety meds. And I had a really good conversation with my doctor at the time about all my options. And I was like, you know what, this is all mindset related. And I ended up um, backtracking and realizing that my anxiety stemmed from my inner child trauma growing up in a very dysfunctional, physically, verbally abusive household with my dad being very narcissistic and very controlling and aggressive in certain occasions. So that manifested for me in my adult life with really bad anxiety. So I was like, you know what? It's up to me to rewire these negative thoughts that are keeping me in these negative loops, keeping me down, keeping me feeling really shitty, not worthy, not good enough, talking shit to myself in my mind. And it was kind of my own realization of, you know what, Gina? No one else is coming to save you. There is no one else going to hold your hand, going to constantly give beautiful affirmations and mantras in your head. No one can uh, can meditate on your behalf. So for me, I was like, all right, how can I rewire my horrible, horrible shit talk in my mind? So what I did is I would write out the negative things in my mind. And for me, physically getting that shit out of my head and onto paper was an energetic release in itself. And then crossing out that bullshit statement and then rewriting it into an empowering belief, something that I would rather be thinking or feeling. And I did that multiple times a day, daily, 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 until I literally would wake up feeling like this badass, empowered, confident, no bullshit, unapologetic version of myself. And I have continued with that to this day. My journaling has definitely changed because I don't feel like I need to do as much rewiring anymore. Sure, on some days I'll have negative thoughts and I'll write it out, get to a conclusion, trace it back to my childhood trigger or a past relationship trigger or whatever else it is. I'm very conscious of how everything is related to something else. But um, yeah, nowadays my journaling is more so calling in my future reality or calling in how I want to feel each day. So yeah, it's definitely a huge part of my life. Did you have like a, 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 a could you have those journals like with like prompted questions? Did you have something like that or was it just like a blank page and you just knew to write down out the negative and then replace it into a, a more empowering positive thought? I've always had a blank um, yeah, a blank journal. Whenever yeah. I have had things with prompts, I feel like they never give me enough room. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. I need to write maybe one paragraph, but sometimes I literally write 10 full pages without a gap, wow. like very often. And I just let it free flow. It might mm. not make sense, but that's okay. I don't it need to read to. back on it, yeah. but it's just nice to release mm. it from my brain so it stops spiraling in there and instead I can release Mm-hmm. It opens it up. I'm the same. I'm, a, I'm more of like a blank book, blank journal. I don't have any prompted questions. You see enough of it on social media, like think, people asking questions, people quoting things, like, and you can reference back to it. And if it's meant to be, it'll come back to you in that moment. Say, oh, I read that today. I mean, I can write about how I felt yesterday or the day before, or like you said, manifesting the future. And you can just organically write. Journaling for me has been a big thing as well. Um, not that I hold things in, but I think I like to – I. I don't think I overthink, but I, I like to like compare it to like a computer. I think it's the, is it the RAM where it, like it holds and like it d- d- decides how fast the computer can work. I, I, I feel like I have so. a lot of tabs open in, in my, in my mind. So like, if I write, I can close some tabs and then just focus on what needs to be focused on. Um, you mentioned the anxiety from four years ago when yet that was the, the sort of where you started journaling from. Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable and open to, to sharing more on that, 
for me, I, I, I've a lot of the clients I have the opportunity to work with, and you can just sort of see it in some people when you now that we're all out allowed out of our houses, especially here in Melbourne, you're into engaging with people. You can see the last two years has been tough for people, especially with lockdowns and restrictions and everything else that goes with it. There seems to be, from what I can see, a lot of hurt people that are putting on a great front. Yeah. In in the public. There's other stuff, like you said, from childhood traumas that can lead to what it is. What did you go through? Not the exact like actual things, but what did you what what were those processes, those steps? What were those turning points that helped you to say, yeah, like you said, I have to stand up now because no one's gonna meditate for me. No one's gonna do the manifestation for me. I need to do it. How did you get to that realization and have those thoughts to then like actually follow on with it? Because there's one thing to think about it. It's another thing to do it. 100%. Yeah, I'm so happy to share. And if anyone wants to message me privately, I'm so happy to share even more. Thank you. Um, Though, yeah, my anxiety, I first noticed it when I was working in my corporate sales job in Sydney. So um, it was pretty high pressure. And I recently got promoted to a management role where I had to manage a team of six men who were all older than me. So for me to have been put in that position, I was once colleagues with all these people that I outperformed them, to then be moved into a management position, kind of overlooking them and seeing how they were going and trying to encourage and motivate them, imposter syndrome kicked in like a motherfucker. And I felt like I had no reason to be there. Um, And just on top of that, all this anxiety, which came in the thought, um, sorry, came in the symptoms of negative thought spirals. Um, difficulty breathing, like someone had their, th- their hands around my throat, really bad digestion, any symptom that you can imagine, trouble sleeping, insomnia, I had a few panic attacks, all happened at work. And I kind of let this go on for a few months. And I think for many of us who um, get anxiety in our early 20s, we kind of don't realize what's happening at first. We just think, oh, life's a bit different now. It's a bit stressful, like shit. But you keep going along with it. Though what made me really realize I have a problem, I need help. I remember this so clearly. I was in the car with my partner at the time. We were at a service station getting munchies and um, he went to go get some food. And as I sat in the car, I, for maybe 10 minutes, was just talking shit to myself in my head. Like, you're a dickhead. Like, you're so stupid. You don't know anything. Just repeating really horrible things to myself. And when my partner came and sat back in the car, he looked at me and he's like, whoa, are you okay? And I I just snapped out of it like I was in a complete daze. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Why? He's like, just that look on your face. And I was like, he's like, what were you thinking about? I'm like, I honestly have no idea. I completely zoned out. I didn't even know what happened. And then as we drove off, I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute. I I can remember what I was thinking about. What was I thinking about? And I went back in time a few moments and I was finally conscious of what I was subconsciously saying to myself. Mm. And once I realized, I just started crying. Cause like, I can't imagine saying that to my best friend, to anyone, even someone I don't like, I would never say any of those things to anyone. Why was I saying it to myself? So from that point, I was like, I think I have a problem. I need to go see a doctor. And I did. And I'm so grateful because this doctor was so amazing. Um, so, yeah, that was the beginning of, like, realizing I needed help. From then, I sought a um, some guidance in a spiritual healer who did guided meditations um, not far from where I lived, small group meditations. So I started going to that once a week and then committed to a daily meditation practice. 
And for me, that was always guided meditation. So I'd have my headphones in because if I tried to do it just in silence with my breath, I just couldn't. I was incapable. My mind would wander. So that's a little hack for you if you're new to it. Where to start. Yeah, um, though I've actually written a really lengthy blog. I wrote it quite a few years ago once I kind of got out of my um, really bad state that I was in for about a year with anxiety. And I listed every single tip and everything that helped me from CBD oil, exercising daily, um, prioritizing sleep, journaling. Like I put everything that helped me in this blog. Um, so it's just on my website, a little solo plug, but it will really help you if you need it. Is it okay if I put the link in the show notes so that... Definitely. Yeah, yes. done. So if you're listening, just go to the show notes. I'll put the link there. You don't have to go searching. It'll be there quick and easy for you. Thank you. I like that. So guided meditation, spiritual healer. But I, I, I like what you said there. You consciously thought about what you were unconsciously telling yourself like and saying to yourself. And the thing is, though, like that happens from day, day one, I assume, of when we're born, probably even prior to when we're you know in the womb. But to actually think and say, I have control of that. For most of us, it happens, like you said, mid-20s, 30s. Some people, it's probably the first time they've heard of conscious and subconscious and unconscious mind. You know, so to, to know that you actually do have control is empowering. That's, that's awareness is always the first thing. Like you can be aware of that now. So what, what, what you said the doctor was incredible. Do you think that really helped stick to the, New path? I think so. Um, you can read about it in full detail in the blog, though I'll give you a brief summary. So this doctor, when I told him that I was experiencing anxiety and I listed out all my symptoms, he just looked at me really calm. He's like, I would prefer not to label it as anxiety. Let's for now just label it as stress and we need to work on your stress management. Now I'm going to print, print out something for you and I want you to take it home and read it and then come and see me again in a week if you feel like you need to. That was it. He printed out a newspaper article that he was interviewed in. And I went across the road. This was a doctor in Rose Bay in Sydney. So I went across the road from his practice to the beach. I opened it up. Mind you, in my head, I was like, what the fuck? I came saying I had anxiety. He's not even helping me. He's giving me a newspaper article. What the fuck? All these anyway. doctors are the same. They just give you bullshit stuff. Anyways, I go to the beach, I open it up and I read it and it was really incredible and I have a, a photo of it in that blog if you'd like to read it and it pretty much outlines what beta blockers are and beta blockers are a um, something that blocks your adrenaline from getting too high and I know this because a lot of my colleagues were taking beta blockers at the time and they were very open about it like yeah, I struggle with anxiety, I take beta blockers, cool, cool, like it was a very casual normal thing and I was like all right. I may need to do that. That's probably just how it is, you know. But in this article, he explains what beta blockers are. And then at the end, he said in a very casual way, like alternatively, you can take a holistic approach to it by being mindful of your exercise, the food you eat, the sleep you have, and having at least 10 minutes of quiet time a day. And I read that last paragraph after reading all the information about beta blockers and how they're effective and how they work. And I was like, huh. That's the chunk I'm going to focus on. And from that day since, I have never missed eating well, drinking well, being very conscious of the food I eat, the water that I drink, which is why I made that comment about plastic water bottles. <laughs> um, I move every day. I sleep really well. I, yeah, I just live a really good life because I want to have a really good life. And with that, I have to have a really good mind to start that. Agreed. So I look after my body, my mind, my soul in order to have a good life. 
you know what's funny, Gina, is those four things like eat well, drink well, exercise, and 10 minutes of quiet time. In a way, two, well, three of them are free. Water's maybe good quality water is maybe not free, but you can get filters. You can do cool stuff with that. Yes, exercise sure. is easy. 10 minutes of quiet time is easy. Eating good is nowadays easier than ever before. Yes. Compared to medication, compared to all this other shit you got to do, you can get three, maybe four of those things for free and it can change your life just like that. And that sounds, bit, it sounds a bit extreme. Oh, I can change your life. It actually can. It actually does. You know, um, that's it's very similar to me. Very similar to always eating well, always drinking well-ish. Um, <laughs> still good. Uh, uh, always sleeping really well. I sleep really well. I don't, really, I don't have a problem with sleeping. I don't know. Like sometimes I think, is, am, I, am I not working hard enough? I'm not, I'm not stressing myself out enough. Like is that a thing where you got to be like, oh, I didn't sleep well. Like does that mean I'm working hard? I, I, I sleep well. Like I fall asleep in like five minutes. Mm. I, I wake up, feel energized. Like I love it. Like it's great. I don't have an issue with sleeping. I don't yeah. know why. I just just worked on it and it works. I don't know. I just, yeah. That's a really good thing. I think a lot of people glorify the hustle and, mm. oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I had no sleep. Culture. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, why are you glorifying that? Why are you glorifying not looking after your body to the totally. best of your ability? Totally. Don't glorify that. I don't think totally. that should be normalized. Well, the funny thing is, right, just quickly on that, we're going to rant. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they talk about playing the long game with investments and, you know, put your money in the stocks and leave it for 20 years. Well, why don't you play the long game with yourself? Like, I want to I be fit, active, like my mind on when I'm like 80, not yes. like out of it. So if it takes me an extra five years now, what's five years when I'm 80? Like, who cares? 75 or 80, same shit. 30, 35, 35, 40, doesn't matter. But yeah. by the time I get to 80, I've slept well, I've, et- I've eaten well, I've exercised, I'm fit, I'm healthy. Anyway, that's my rant. No, totally, totally agree. The way that I think of my body, my vessel, this life body form that I am in for this moment of time, what a disrespect it would be to not treat it well, to not have it being strong, to not being able to run after my future children, for example, (laughs) like to not be able to go on hikes, to enjoy the beautiful everything that this life has to offer. Like what a disrespect it would be to eat shit, Mm. to feel sluggish, to be tired all the time. That's disrespectful in my opinion. Well, you know, one of the world's richest man's men for a very long time, Warren Buffett. He's just the world's richest because he's the oldest and he's been around the longest and he's let his money do its thing for the longest period of time. Same thing. Look after yourself for the longest period of time. You'll live to 150. Yep. I tell it maybe 150. That's a bit extreme, but hey, why not? You can. <laughs> yeah. I tell everyone I'm going to live to 100. Same. I really do as well. Yeah, I really believe I will. <laughs> I will. Me and you will do a podcast then. Episode, that'll be like our fourth or sixth episode by that stage. 100. <laughs> What year will that be? 70 years from now or 69 years from now for me. So that'll be what? 2070 something. I'll see you then. Cool. Done. <laughs> Book it in. Book me in. It's a new calendar invite. I like it. Um, so you, you've continued to work on that. One thing back on that. How did you stay consistent? Because it's again, it's one thing to read that article you read it at the beach. Amazing. You're like, I'm going to do these things. And you know, some people do it for a week, two, three, four, whatever. How have you been able to do it for four years? Yeah, I would say there's always going to be days where you don't do something like you miss a workout or you miss a meditation or you shift your your daily routine. Like for me, journaling is usually part of my daily routine. Meditating isn't. 
as long mm-hmm. as I work out, if I work out and I'm active and I can move my mind in that way and be still in my physical body while I'm moving or doing Pilates, that's my meditation. Mm-hmm. Or going on a walk or swimming or surfing, that's my meditation. So how I stay consistent is on those days where maybe I missed everything that I really know is essential for me, I just wouldn't judge myself. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's all good. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Though I think a lot of people really judge themselves and the negative shit talk starts again in their mind. Kicks oh, in. you can't do anything. You suck. And it's like, no, don't judge yourself. Just be kind. Be like, cool. That was a pretty cool rest. Let's go back into it. But also, I love doing these things because I love the way that I feel doing mm-hmm. those things. So if, for example, you don't love exercise because you hate the gym, trust me, same. I used to be a gym junkie for four years because that was my first job. I worked at a gym and I loved it, but I got to a point where I didn't want to step foot in a gym ever again, so I haven't. I do at-home workouts. I go to studios local to my area. I go on hikes. I go on bushwalks. I go swim in waterfalls. I did boxing for a while, kickboxing for a while. Like what feels good for you? What new skills do you want to learn? Do you want to do a team sport? Join a basketball group. There's so many options. So make it fun. And if you hate meditating because you feel like you can't and you can't sit in silence, do a guided meditation. Do not make excuses. (laughs) 100%. It goes back to what you said at the start, follow the flow that feels good, you know, on the exercise part. Like what what do you feel like doing? You know, you go through those motions. I did boxing, you know, and you do kickboxing and exercise and you run and you walk and you swim and you – you do Pilates, whatever, like just do something, some sort of movement. It doesn't have to, everyone thinks exercise is going to the gym and bench pressing, you know, no. um, times have changed. Like it's not the seventies, but that was the only option. Like you can do so much now. Um, yeah. so find something. And like you said, with the meditation, I start with guided. I started like that. I didn't know what to do. So I just put in a headphone, headphones in, go on Spotify. Like there's YouTube, there's so much free stuff. Don't tell me you can't find anything. You'll yeah. find free shit. Like it's out there. Put your headphones yeah. in, enjoy it. Or if that doesn't work, like you said, why exercise? That is absolutely a form of, of meditation as well. Um, cool. What, what, what would, what, any books you would recommend on, on that front as well before we change the subject? Mm, okay. In terms of personal development, self-work, yeah. inner child healing, the one I mentioned in the quick fire round that it didn't start with you by Mark Boland, that yep. was a really incredible read for me. Is that Mark Boland? Is that what you no, Wolin, W-O-L-Y-N-N, I believe. And another book, which I haven't read, but I love the author because I've been following her on Instagram since before I moved out of my childhood home. She's helped me so much with like just healing my inner child and reparenting myself as an adult. And that's Dr. Nicole Lapara. She's the holistic psychologist on Instagram. If you don't follow her already, please, please, please do. And if you ever feel like having a mindless scroll, Make it be through her page, yeah. not your homepage, because you can learn so much from it. I definitely have. And she has written a book called How to Do the Work, which pretty much summarizes her entire beautiful Instagram in a very well thought out um, layout. I recommended it to many friends who have been struggling. They've all loved it. Um, I personally haven't read it yet because I feel like I'm not in a place where I need that. And I think for many of you, you may resonate where if you've been really big on personal development for years, you read all the personal development books, all the Eckhart Tolle, the Abraham Hicks, the Gabby Bernstein, whatever it is, you can kind of get sick of it. You don't really need it anymore. So for me, I'll just, yeah, leave it at those two books. I'll get you to send me the profile of that uh, lady. And again, I'll put it in the show notes for everyone. So just in case they missed the the name, just yes. go to the show notes and the link will be there. Some good quality information there, Gina. And like I said, for me, like seeing the transition, it's incredible, incredible. One last question on this, and then we're going to change the subject. I keep thinking, like, I just love it because like, I'm taking a lot from it. So I know that <laughs> I want to be able to give more. 
during yeah. those challenging times when it was hard, it didn't want to do it, it sucked. You almost felt like, I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. Feels like that might be easier. How did Gina bounce back? How did Gina wake up and feel? What did, what did you do in those moments? Not even wake up, like if it was the middle of the day, it's 2 p.m. and it just like hits you. What did you do and then what do you do now? Hmm. Well, I feel like nowadays I don't let it get to that point. Like my current morning routine is I wake up, drink about a liter of water, go straight into my Pilates or a morning flow, which um, my partner actually introduced me to. He's really great at waking up and doing a little stretch, like a little yoga flow and meditating and doing breath work. He loves Wim Hof and does his breath work mm. every morning, does ice baths regularly. So for me, if I'm not doing a morning flow, which is just a gentle stretch to wake up my body, I'm straight into Pilates or I'm out of the house to go and walk and see the sunrise off one of the coastlines here, off one of the cliffs. Um, I don't walk off the cliff, but like look at the sunrise. (laughs) Thanks Um, for clarifying that, Gina. Thank you. (laughs) But but yeah, as I mentioned earlier, like let's say there might, like let's say I'm thinking New Year's. I partied really hard. The next day we slept in. That's okay. We took that day off, spent the day lazing on the beach and surfing. The next day, back into it again. So again, just not judging yourself on those days where you're Mm. chilling. Not judging yourself. I think that's really powerful. And really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very overlooked. What does that actually mean, not judging yourself to you? Well, I think when you may miss a day, like let's say you set for yourself, I'm going to meditate every single day for the next year. And a lot of people do that. I have a lot of friends who share quite regularly on their socials, their, their tracker of how they've been going and meditating for however many days, 600 days now. And I'm like, fuck yeah, good on you. But um, let's say you set a goal like that and then you miss a day and then you just have the shit talk going in your head about how you're not good enough, you suck, you can't do anything, you can't stick to any of your own commitments. Um, yeah, just not allowing those intrusive thoughts to come through. But if they do, use that journaling technique, write them down so those thoughts are out of your mind onto paper, cross it out and rewrite it into something else. More powerful, yeah. I think setting, especially like if it's your first, like, you know, news resolution, I'm going to meditate for the first time ever for 365 days straight. Like, that's an effort. It really is. And like 100% hats off, high five, props to to you that can do that and and have done it and are going 600 days strong. Like, amazing, you know. But if you miss a day, maybe change the wording of the goal to be like, I want to meditate daily. Don't set a time. Don't set a day. Don't set a number. I just want to meditate daily. I've got this goal. I want to eat. I all, and I've done it for like three years now. I've never even set a timeline on it. I just set the goal. It's like every day I want to at least have one, if not two, meatless meals. And every day, Gina, I am telling you now, for the last two, three years, I've had at least one, if not two, meatless meals. And I'm not, I don't even think about it. Like I just do it now. That's amazing. Yeah, good on you. I feel Beautiful. great. But again, that, that's, that's a great way to set a goal, set, how to create a habit is don't put a timeline on it. Don't put a number on it. Just say, I want to do this daily. If you miss a day, like you said, don't judge yourself. Yeah. It's okay. It wasn't meant to happen. It wasn't meant to be today. Tomorrow you come back bigger and better and stronger and better for it. I like it. That's really yeah, good, Jenna. Thank you for sharing one that. Thing, that's okay. Yeah, I'd love to share one thing that Dr. Nicole Lapara, the holistic psychologist I mentioned earlier, yeah. she shares it like this. If you want to make a commitment to yourself – don't make a really big, scary commitment mm. that will scare you from even starting it in the first place. <laughs> Think of it as making one small promise to yourself every day. So if that is sitting in silence, listen, like really focusing on your breath for one minute, 
beautiful. When you do that, then you in your inner world is like, oh, tick, I did that. We know, we know. Then you do it the next day. Yeah, and it's just one small promise. Don't straight away say these are five things I'm going to do every day. It's like, no, start with one. Yeah. One small promise to yourself daily, keep it. That's how you get, build strong get habits. Get good at that. Yeah, get good at that. Build the confidence of, hey, I'm ticking my boxes. I'm doing what I'm said I'm going to do. Then you do two. Then you do three. If you think about it, like it's not rocket science. But like you said, we get in our head too much and we overthink, overtalk, we downtalk, we downplay it, we, we make ourselves feel like shit. Even if you've done 10 great things, you do one bad thing, you forget about the 10 great things, you're like, fuck, I got that wrong. We're like, who cares, man? You've got 10 things you did, but look great. Look at those. Sorry about that. That moment's gone. Yesterday's gone. Yeah. I think it's good. I love having these conversations with someone like yourself who is like, we think very similar and we can... We can break it down. I think that's one thing that I really connected with, with, and especially even today, like the way you're explaining it, it's like it's easy to understand. Like it's not really high level, you know, psychology, like degrees and masters and all these big words. It's like this is what you need to do. Just start here. This is why you think like this. This is how you can change and this is what you need to do to keep doing it. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Gina, on a recent podcast, which I was fascinated about, uh, and I listened to it, which I think it was recorded a bit of time ago, but I only listened to it last week. So open to the, to the idea of it. And I think it's great that you're sharing this. And, I, and the reason, another reason why I wanted to do this podcast, but I didn't say at the start, so I forgot, but now I did, is I think it's really important that as a society, and I, I, I was listening to an audio book on the way here, um, Dan Millman, Way of Peaceful Warrior, and he was saying, the mind works best like a parachute when it's open. So I want to open people's minds a lot because it's opened my mind a lot. Your relationship situation, and it sort of goes on what you said, <laughs> what's something you haven't done that you really want to do? And <laughs> I didn't really, like, I laughed a little bit, but I was like, that's Gina. So I was like, I don't, some people listen to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so this is your chance to clear that up. I'm joking. Um, yeah, so happy to. Yeah, but I, I, want, I really want to learn more, understand more. I'm sure that the, the listeners have either know you a little bit or don't know anything about you and like, tell me more. So start from wherever you want to start from, share whatever you want to share. And I'm going to ask questions. I don't have a list of questions. I'm just going to ask questions based on what you say. Is that okay? It's so okay. I am an open book and I urge anyone who has more questions, just send me a DM on Instagram afterwards because I love to chat. I love to connect with people and open minds and shift perspectives. So, yeah, to um, get into it, since we're talking about relationships and my kind of how I've been living in recent years, I ended a five-year-long, beautiful, loving relationship with an incredible man um, almost two years ago. And I ended it because intuitively I just knew it wasn't a full body yes. I was over it and I was thinking about it for eight months with the knowledge that, oh, this is not a yes for me. With pressure from family, oh, you're getting married soon. Are you having babies? And I'm just like no, this is not the one. Like I love him, but we have to part ways. And when I finally did that, the amount of relief that I felt was incredible. Like I stepped into an even more embodied version of myself. And I say that really purposefully because if you are in a relationship and you're like, I don't know, yeah, it's all right, it's good, but end it. I'm sorry, but life is too fucking short to continue in something that isn't Mm. really filling you up and having you feeling good and feeling 100% yes. Yes, you can have your disagreements. Yes, there are fights, but don't stick around if for a long time your intuition is guiding you elsewhere. 
anyhow, from that point, I took a few months to myself just to heal from the breakup because a breakup's hard no matter who does it. Absolutely. And yeah, once I was kind of feeling myself again, ready to start dating again, I kind of vowed to not be in another monogamous or one-on-one serious relationship for at least a couple of years because I just came out of a five-year one, felt like I was tied down to one person. I didn't want none of that. So I got into the dating scene, like, come on, let's go. I'm open. I've never been with a woman before, but I'm open to that. I'm open to meeting all different kinds of men as well. And I was just open to seeing what the world has to offer, try different things, meet different people. And so I did. And I had so much fun, so much fun. And I made it very clear to every single person that I met that I was not looking for a relationship. I was not looking for anything serious. I'm happy for things to be ongoing. Um, but yeah, no, no commitment. And I made it well known that I was also seeing other people at the same time. And I really enjoyed that. And then I ended up doing the move, um, to where I live now. And while I was here, I was doing the same thing, met lots of beautiful people, was still a bit too shy to actually commit to going on dates with women. But I was like talking to women on apps, like on Tinder. I bloody loved Tinder. I know there's a lot of horror stories, but I've only had good experiences on that app. I really just can't recommend it enough. And I think that's because I'm really good at reading energy. Mm. So I've always only met really cool people and made really good friends from it. So anyhow, I ended up getting to a point where I was dating about five different guys and they all knew that I was also dating other people. And that was totally good. And if you haven't heard of the term before, a lot of people refer to it as ethical non-monogamy. And the reason why it's ethical is because you tell people about it. You're honest, you're upfront, you're not misleading. It's not like you meet someone, you date them, you date them for a few weeks, a few months, and then you tell them. That's unethical. That's misleading. That can really hurt someone's Mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, it's not cheating because you're being honest and upfront the whole way through. I think that cheating only happens if you have an actual agreement that you've communicated with a partner and that isn't a, that something happens outside of that, then yes, I would refer to that as cheating. Otherwise, it's not. It's an ethical non-monogamy. Some people call it polyamory. Um, my partner currently calls it free love. So yeah, I guess I'll tell you the story of how I met him. <laughs> um, so I was dating, as I said, about five people at the time. I met my current partner. We went on a date. And I know you've already heard this story, Jamie, because it was in the other podcast, but I feel like your listeners may like to hear it. Absolutely. We we ended up going on our first date and we were at a beautiful restaurant here in Byron Bay. And as we were sitting there, we were chatting, really connecting. I was like, wow, I really like this guy. And I really like to be honest with everyone. So I ended up asking him the question. So what are your intentions with dating right now? Like, what are you doing on dating apps? Because we met on the first time you guys are hanging out. The first time. 100%. 100% yes. <laughs> I was like, what are your intentions? Are you just here for flings? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? I just want to really understand what your intentions are. And he kind of leant back and was sussing me out. He was like, hmm, why don't you go first? And I was like, all right, sure. And I said the exact same story. I was just in a relationship for five years. I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm dating multiple people right now. And I love that. And I don't want to change that. How about you? <laughs> he just starts laughing. And he's like, wow, I'm doing the exact same thing. Like he also ended what he considers a long-term relationship a while back. And he is now, was now doing what he calls free love, where he's free to exchange loving interactions with whoever he feels like with no obligation or commitment or feeling tied down to anyone, but being honest about it, letting everyone know I'm not monogamous. I'm not monogamous. 
that's just how it is. And he really appreciated my honesty. And he said that no one has ever, especially from a woman, he said that's very, very uncommon for me to ever hear that. Like he's never heard that before. And I've known about it from other, other men, but I also don't know many women who have um, dated like that. Um, but yeah, from that point, we were kind of inseparable, even though I did go on a trip to Tasmania with one of the guys that I was seeing soon after I met Maddie. And then we spent a few weeks apart. But every time that I was home in Byron, we were inseparable up until the point that when I was looking for a new place to live on my own, because I was with a housemate at the time, when I finally found the place, I was like, so we spend every single night together. Do you want to move in? And like, I had no expectation of like any long-term relationship of anything. Even like yeah, living together is like a pretty big step. Yeah, but we were already True. kind of doing that. Like we were always at one of each other's houses. So it kind of just yeah. made sense. But I still never like thought that it would be like as beautiful and loving and as I guess like serious, even though it's still free as it is now. Um, so yeah, since that time, we kind of became monogamous, just the two of us, just because we were very satisfied with each other and all my previous lovers that I had at the time, without me even having to have a conversation with any of them, they naturally faded away very naturally. And the same thing happened with him and the girls he was seeing because he was also seeing multiple girls when he met me. Um, and yeah, since that time, we kind of spoke about like opening up our relationship again so that we could both see other people because we really love feeling free and being able to express a connection if we feel one like if we're out in the surf or we're out at a dance party or something like that and we lock eyes with someone who are we to stop the other person from pursuing a conversation or a dance or an eye gaze why would we stop someone else from exploring a beautiful human connection so that's kind of how we think about it um and in recent months end of last year i think it was like september october we met a really beautiful woman who we both really, really vibed with. She had such beautiful energy. And we ended up spending a bit of alone time together doing cacao ceremonies and also mushroom ceremonies together um, with psilocybin, which was really fun. And over those ceremonies that we had at our house, which was done with a lot of intention and ended up being a, just a lot of play and dance and laughter and also a lot of inner, inner work, shadow work. So after a couple of like hangouts, um, her and I ended up connecting sexually in the most beautiful, profound, most expansive like experience that I've ever had in my life. Because for me, having never been with a woman before, it was like meeting myself because I, I, I only know my own body, but to meet someone else and to explore another woman was like meeting myself for the first time. So my own <laughs> self-love only grew because I got to explore her and realize what a privilege it was for anyone to explore her, let alone to explore me. And just that realization of how magnificent we are as humans was just mind blowing. Um, and yeah, I had every intention of having um, Maddie involved in that as well, though he was doing his own thing at that time. And then the next time we all kind of hang out, hung out, all three of us connected sexually, which was incredible. So, so, so incredible and expansive. And since that point, we kind of started seeing her more regularly up until the point that all three of us officially began dating. And it also so happened that she also moved in with us. <laughs> Love that. Um, and she, yeah, and she lived with us, I think, for three months or so. 
Um, so yeah, that podcast you listened to was recorded in November, I believe, when this relationship was still well and good and happening. So since that time, we've now shifted from dating to now my partner Maddie and I are just friends with her. Um, and I think she's seeing someone else right now, which is beautiful for her. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been where I'm at. And my partner and I are still flirting with other girls together. Um I'm meeting other guys and he's asking me, okay, are you interested in him? Okay, like maybe we can hook something up. Like, <laughs> So we're very open to all that like kind that. of stuff. One thing I wrote, thank you so much for sharing open and honestly and just telling how it is. I wrote something at the start which you, you said, and I don't even think you said it like this, but it seems like communication up front you said you always like told them what like what the situation this is what I'm doing and, and you were very open and very upfront about it. But it seems like communication has been a big, big, big factor in making this work, whether it was just the two of you, whether it was other people, whether it was with the three of you, whether it's now. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, 100%. I think anyone in any relationship will be able to say that communication is the number one most important priority when it comes to engaging with another. No matter how many people are involved, <laughs> communication is key. Yeah. And in terms of being honest up front, I'll share one example. So there was one guy that I saw at the end of last year for like a couple of months. Um, maybe it was one month. I don't know. But we had hung out a couple of times. And it wasn't until like the third or fourth time where I could see that he kind of was saying things like about meeting his family or about just future planning. And I was like, whoa, 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 shit. I haven't told him that I'm seeing other people. I think that he thinks I'm just seeing him. So then I let him know. I was like, hey, by the way, like a reminder, I just got out of a five-year relationship. I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm really having fun right now. And then when I told him that, he completely backed away. And I totally respect 100%. that. And he was honest enough to say, look, I'm a, I'm a very jealous type. I don't think I can handle that. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But with that hindsight, I now know that I can't and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So that upfront honesty, if that's your intentions with dating, 100%. tell people. Because why would you want to play with someone's heart? Like we spoke about like the, the, the childhood trauma and you know, re, re-teaching, like it has lasting effects. And obviously, we're not potentially not dating children, um, but it has lasting effects. Like, It doesn't matter how old you are. It take, like you said, it takes time to get over that. Like it leaves scars. It leaves bad taste, so to say. Um, yeah. Okay. So with your partner, Maddie, now, when you first met, or well, even before you met him, did you know that this lifestyle, that this relationship situation was a thing? Or did you just sort of go, I just want to do my own thing and whatever happens, happens? Or did you know that what you're living right now is a way of being in a relationship? Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. Enjoy. Um, I think that I had heard about it here and there on certain podcasts. So there was one guy on a podcast who spoke about it quite a lot. His name's Aubrey Marcus, and he spoke about his experience with an open relationship with his one of his ex-partners, and then why he got out of it and why he's now in a monogamous relationship. So yeah, I still hadn't heard about it that much, and I don't really know, didn't really know anyone who was doing that, though I just knew when I was, when I did become a single I didn't want to get into another long-term relationship again. That was the one thing in my mind. 
though mm. I still wanted to explore and have fun and meet people. So for me, it just naturally came about. And then once I started living this lifestyle, I naturally started being um, like directed to certain books that I could read on the topic. And one book that I absolutely loved and highly recommend if you're curious about dating multiple people or opening up a relationship, it's called Poly Secure by Jessica Fern. So it's all about attachment styles within relationships and ideally being able to get to a secure attachment style within your current relationship. So that's something that I have definitely taken as like a little Bible at the time. And it was so wild because I read it and I finished it about a week before we met this other woman and we began engaging like in a sexual way. And I just think- So that's good for for multiple people in a relationship, one-on-one, all different types. I think that anyone can benefit from it. Yes, definitely. Though this book is specifically for polyamory, so dating more than one person. Yeah. So definitely, even if you're with one other person or only want to be monogamous, you could learn so much more. Still take something from it. Yeah, especially just about inclusivity and just realizing that there isn't just one way of relationship or one way of a family structure. Mm. Again, I'll bring up Dr. Nicole Lapara, the holistic psychologist. She is a lesbian, is married to a woman, and they've recently welcomed a third woman into their relationship. And I'm just like, this is incredible. Thank you for being so well known. She has millions of followers and is allowing other people who are exploring different kinds of family systems to feel seen and Mm. known that it is totally okay to do that. And I love that it's becoming more acceptable. That's one thing that I, I wrote down based on what you were saying is like, is it becoming more mainstream? Is it becoming more known? Is it becoming more acceptable when it probably should have always been acceptable but that's another whole day another whole topic um yeah are you are you sensing that are you feeling that are you seeing it in the community so to say yeah i have so much to say on it so i think that (laughs) obviously i've only been around as much as as how old i am i'm 27 years old so i can't talk much about before (laughs) that time but um Another thing that I'll share um, that I know you've heard me talk about in the previous podcast, but I read the book called Sapiens. Have you read that book? No. Cool. Um, I kind of got bored halfway through, but I know it's a very popular book for so many people. But one of the first bits that I read that was really like an eye opener for me was reading that like 50,000 or so years ago, I don't know the exact time, but when a woman fell pregnant within a tribe or within a community, People back then didn't understand science or human biology, and they didn't understand that one man's sperm connecting with one woman's egg creates human life. So when a woman fell pregnant, because it was all communal living, they would encourage that woman to sleep with the strongest man, the best hunter, the smartest man, the most skillful man, one who can make the best fire, like whatever it was, because they believe that that collective energy will help make that child into a really beautiful, powerful human. And then when the baby was born, the whole community would raise it, men and women alike. And when I read that, I was like, that's pretty beautiful. Mm. At what point in human civilization and in our history did we come up with monogamy, man, woman, marriage, man, take father, hands, daughter over to new man? Like the whole concept around marriage mm. is something I have many views on. Um So, yeah, I just kind of just questioned everything about all that. So I would say that nowadays, yes, this kind of free living, not being open to marriage because of what it historically it means, people are definitely more open to that 
in this day and age, especially the networks that I'm part of and the people that I hang out with, it's definitely definitely more and more acceptable, especially with talks like this, podcasts like this. Absolutely. The amount of people, yourself included, who messaged me after listening to that podcast, like people from mm. my high school who I haven't spoken to in over 10 years, just being like, wow, thank you. I needed to, my, my perspective to shift on all of these things. Like there isn't a one box fits all. We don't have to do what Sorry. our parents did and marry the first person that we have sex with or the first person that we impregnate and be with them for life. We don't need to do that anymore. And yeah, I think that's beautiful. It's, it goes back to, like you said earlier, like, you know, reprogramming what, you know, like that negative self-talk. So you got to reprogram in a way what we believe, what we think, what we know. Because a lot of the time what we think and know is everything that our parents think and know, which goes back to what we're saying, the childhood trauma and the upbringings, because we're in that stage where we're taking everything in. And when you're zero to seven years old, you're with your parents 97% of the time. So you're taking all their beliefs in and all their views of the world. And we just grow up with that. We don't think, oh, shit, like, is that actually the way it is? Yeah. You know, can I think differently? Can I believe differently? Can I see it differently? Mm. And 100% you can. And it, like you said, it's chats like this that open it up and the chat that you've done and all the other amazing people who are doing their incredible work, not even just in this industry, or not, sorry, not industry, but this field, this, this way of life. So many different sectors of the world that we live in are, you know, evolving and people be like, oh, wow, you can do it differently. Like, even though we've done it for 50 years, 100 years that way, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, yeah, I think that but- I've, I've always been naturally very skeptical. I don't mm. know where I got this from, but I remember being maybe 12 or 13 years old and me and my mom had this ritual back when, yeah, I was that age where we would go to church on a Saturday night while my dad and brother went fishing and we'd always leave right after getting the Holy Communion, so eating the bread, and we'd quickly leave, go to the Chinese takeaway store, get some Chinese food, and quickly race home so that we could be home for the Gilmore Girls. That was like our Saturday night ritual, and I loved it. And then one day I remember going into the backyard with Mama after being at church the night before and just hearing some of the things that were being said and really just questioning it. And to this day, I can't remember what was being said, but I was just like, I don't agree with that. It was something to do with women honoring the men some, something like that. I just really didn't vibe with it. And mind you, I was also really big on history. I loved history. So I would have maybe been in year, year eight at the time, ancient history, modern history, whatever. And I remember learning about really, really ancient civilizations and the gods that they worshipped and the things that they did in their rituals and their ceremonies and just seeing how vastly different it was to today. Yeah. And one day I said to mama, I was like, mama, I'm learning all these things in school about all these different civilizations that were around a lot longer than before Jesus was around. So who are we to say that this is the right way? Like I was raised Catholic, went to a Catholic church. I was like, how do we know that we're the right ones? And then I have friends in school who are Muslim, who are Buddhist, who are Hindi. Like who am I to say that our religion is the only one? I don't. I don't actually believe that. What about the ancient Egyptians' beliefs? So I kind of find more with them than anything else or the ancient Greeks. Like, I just, I don't vibe with it. And I was like, Mama, do you mind if we don't go to church anymore? I don't really like it. And she's like, yeah, Gina, I was just going because I thought you wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, just being skeptical. Love that. Yeah, it's, it's good. But it's also like that, that openness, it's that questioning. It's not, not always believing everything you see straight away. It's like doing your own research, reading, listening, listening to podcasts and be like, what if it was different? It most likely was different 100 years ago, 5,000 years ago. It was 100% it was different. You know, why did we change? I love that question. Like, when, when did marriage become a thing? Like, why is it one 
man married woman? Why is that? Where did that come from? Yeah. And, and what is it? For me, the thing that baffles me is why there is so much shame and judgment around ending a marriage. Mm. Like, and I can see that from my own ancestry on so many different sides, people getting together, getting married, shit really hitting the fan, but they stay together because, oh, God forbid, getting a divorce, what would everyone else say? It's like, dude, leave the relationship. So for me, because I've been in so many relate, loving, beautiful relationships in my beautiful young life, I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years' time. Let's say Maddie and I stay together for 10 years' time. But if something, if we grow and evolve in different ways, why would we force ourselves to stay together if we know that releasing each other, we may be better at finding a different partner that we can evolve with at that time? And you never know. Some may be lifelong. Some may not be. But why suffer at any point in your life? That's how I think of it. So for me, if I was ever to get married, and I've told this to Maddie, I don't think I'm ever going to make it legal. Sure, if you want to marry me, I fucking love you. I adore you. Let's get married. Let's have a big party for everyone else to see, for Instagram to see, because that's all it is nowadays. (laughs) But I'm not making it legal. I'm not making it any harder for me to go through my life if we happen to part ways. That's kind of how I think of it. I like it. I like it. It's true, though. Getting married is pretty much for everyone else. You have 400 people there, especially us Europeans, and half of them you don't even fucking know. It's like, who are you again? Dude. Dude, I came to your kids' wedding like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's such a show and I'm sorry to ever because I know it's such a beautiful thing and so many people True. yearn for it. Like some of my – a lot of my best friends are so excited. They're waiting for the ring. When's he going to propose? But every time I see an engagement post or just everything is so commercialized now, it doesn't seem very real anymore and I'm just – I'd, yeah, I just don't resonate it, resonate with you think it at this point. Do you think that's a, a social media thing? Do you think that's just a, 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 the way humans have evolved recently in the last 10, 15, 20 years? I think it's from social media. Like, what do you think? Yeah, it probably is the whole social thing and having things staged and having photographers there. It makes me feel and assume as though it's not really as authentic or real as what it maybe used to have been. But even in saying that, yeah, it's tricky. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's a combination I think, I think, of things. I think having the photographer there and that, it's it's obviously nice to capture the moment. You know, you've got the photos, you've got the video, blah, 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 all that. Yeah, I know I, I, completely, I completely agree with what you're saying there. It's like it's not as organic let's say yeah or, or as intimate and like I don't yeah. mean to I don't mean to trigger anyone because I know it's such a beautiful thing that so many people do and mm. yeah I don't mean to trigger anyone and look this is my beliefs at this current point in my life who knows when Agreed. when Jamie and I record this conversation in 2070 whatever the year <laughs> is if I'm probably married at that stage and my views have completely 100%. shifted I'm very open to my views shifting every day with each new perspective that I'm offered so if someone yeah. wants to share their perspective on marriage with me please do so. I'd love to learn. I'm an open book and would love to converse and, and learn different perspectives. But that's normal though, Gina, because you're not the same person. I'm not the same person as I was when I was in primary school or high school. Thank God for that. Or, <laughs> absolutely. That'd be a problem. Um, sometimes I act like, like a kid at times, like when I walk on the grass and I see beautiful grass <laughs> same before we went live. Um, but, but you know what I mean? Like, so it, it's totally fine to have a different opinion for a period of time and then realize that, yeah, this does serve me. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep that. Or, hey, this doesn't serve me. I'm going to ditch that because I found a better way of living that serves me better. Yeah. There, there goes that whole, like, you know, not, not judging yourself. It's like right now, living in the moment, I feel this. 
So I'm yeah. going to leave that. Yeah. So to expand on that. So not only not judging yourself, but also not allowing the judgments from others to impact mm. you. That's a huge one. Like massive. Oh my goodness. When I ended that five-year relationship with my beautiful, beautiful ex-boyfriend, you know how you can be with someone, there's every, they fit, tick every box, but it's like, there's just something that's not right. Yeah. Doing that, the judgment that I copped from my own dad and from my grandparents, I know I already mentioned it, but the whole, you're meant to get married. You're meant to have babies by now. I'm just like, you have to really stand in your own truth and just be like, I don't give a shit if you guys wanted a grandchild or if you guys wanted us to get married. What does that do for me? If I end up in an unhappy life, stuck in this legally binding contract, I don't think so. And even moving um, nine hours away from my family, they didn't want me to move that far away, but I wanted to live the life that I wanted. The quality of life that I wanted was here because of all the times I've traveled here, the people that I wanted to surround myself with, the energy of the land, the nature, the coastline, the surfing, like I wanted to be here. So yes, I miss you guys. I'll visit. Hopefully you'll visit me one day too because <laughs> they still haven't and I've been living here over a year. Um, but yeah, you got to do what's right for you at the end of the day. How did you get through those, I'm going to do what's right for me moments and not going with the mainstream way of living, family living, whatever? Oh, how it's, I don't know what it is. It's just part of my nature. I think that I, when I am in my truth and my most embodied higher self, I am an unfuckwithable, unapologetic, badass human. That's just who I am. I do what I need to do, always with kindness to others. I'll never be unkind to anyone else. But at the end of the day, I know that it's only me living my life and paying my own bills. No one else. So I don't need to please anyone. I fucked off the people pleasing thing a very long time ago. And I'm hoping that you all can do the same too. If you feel like you're making choices or life decisions or even where you live, where you work for the sake of someone else, I hope that you can drop that shit as soon as possible. I love what you said there about the people pleasing thing. I think that's like, that's a great spot to start. It's like, cool, maybe it's hard to start with your family, like, you know, ditching them and changing, you know, trying to argue with them about what they've taught you and the way of the way life is. But people pleasing thing with external people, whether it's people at work, friends, people that, I don't want to say don't mean as much to you, but in a way that, yeah. because you can afford for that relationship to not be there. Because if it's not bringing the best out of you, like you just said, then you can afford to have that, like that relationship gone, yeah. friendship gone, whatever it is gone. Um, that's a, May said it to me uh, a while ago, and I mentioned this on a previous episode I've done, where she's like, you're like amazing and you're not a, I was going to say but, but it's not a but because I'm still amazing. It's <laughs> you're amazing and you're like not a people please. Like you won't do what just like the right thing to do in the moment is. And sometimes I will. It's like, cool, you just go with the flow, like whatever. But 90% of the time, like, if I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. If I don't want to have this conversation, I'm just going to sit there in silence. Like, I'm totally fine. I can talk to myself and probably enjoy it more than engage in a conversation that's not really going to make me feel better or bring value or, or make me feel like I can give value in a way. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. I've, I fully resonate 100% with all of that. Yeah. Small talk is not my thing. Nah, I don't want to just nah. get to know you and how your drive was to where we are now. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of small, yeah, hey, how's the day been, blah, 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 whatever. And then let's talk. Yeah. Tell me something. Yeah. Teach me something. Yeah. Gina, this has been absolutely incredible. Like even just me listening to you speak about it and, and seeing how confident, how comfortable, how you, how no bullshit. Like it's just, there was no preparation to this episode for anyone that's listening. Like 
know, we, we booked this in like two days ago. Yeah. You know, like we just, hey, I'll meet you on 4 p.m. Here's a Zoom link. Let's do it. Um, I love that. Like that's that just real you. And I, and I love having these conversations with you. Like it's incredible, absolutely incredible. What does the future hold for you, Gina? I think that the future holds a bigger house. We're currently looking to upsize, maybe two dogs, maybe starting a family, um, continuing to coach people because I do coach people with the work that I do. Um, yeah, just living a really good life, I think. <laughs> I like that. What's been your best life lesson so far? Oh, okay. Definitely the fact that no one else is going to save me but me. No one else is going to help me get to where I want to be but me. Just that realization and being able to put in the work and seeing the results and the success has been absolutely incredible. Like me living the life I live now, it's absolutely beautiful. If you heard that noise, that was my rabbit jumping into its hutch. It, it, puts, itself, <laughs> it puts itself to sleep. Anyways. Good training. Yeah, she's really good. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the answer to the question. I like that. I like that. Gina, I, I normally ask a little bit about like your self-talk and internal dialogue, but I really believe we've covered that because that's a personal journey that I've been on a little bit. Like, you know, why am I talking to the way I am? Give me three things that, and give the listen, listeners and the, and the viewers three things that can really change, sharpen, whatever word you want to use, internal dialogue. Journaling. 100% journaling. Um, what else with internal dialogue? Um, becoming really aware of your triggers. So, for example, when I'm triggered, my go-to response is stonewalling or silent treatment. Not intentional. It's not meant to be done in a way where I want to cause harm on others, but I go cold because my inner child is scared. So just recognizing what your triggers are and then being able to voice them when you are in that state so that the person you're with, whether it's a friend, a colleague, a partner, especially, this tends to happen the most in romantic partnerships because you tend to mirror each other and really trigger each other. But being able to say, I'm triggered right now. I either can't have this conversation right now or can we please have some space? I need to go for a walk. Or for me, I will write it out and just give him my journal. Be like, this is what's happening. <laughs> Read it because I can't talk right now. Um, so yeah, recognize your triggers and also try and see where they came from. Like for me, my triggers are a learned response from what I saw my parents do to each other and to mm -hmm. themselves growing up. So just recognizing it, pinpointing it, because until you have the awareness, you won't be able to do anything about it. Totally. I think that was three things. And it probably just frustrates you even more. It's like, why did I respond that way? Like half an hour later, an hour later, like, why did I say that? Why did I raise my voice? Why did I do whatever I did? Because you're not even aware of in the moment you changing like the chemicals and the emotions changing to respond that way or react that way. Definitely. Yeah, the, I like that. Yeah. The, the more aware you are of it and the more you can communicate it, that's so important to communicate it and actually say, I'm doing this because my dad did this and my mum did this. So I'm actually mirroring mm. both of them. That was my, what I was taught when I was zero to seven. That was their communication style and conflict Correct. lack of resolution. So yeah. I think at the start on that as well, like those first few times that you're aware of a trigger and you actually feel it, it's going to suck. Like it's going to feel like shit. It's going to like burn. It's going to have the stomach. It's going to have the chest. It's going to have the sore neck. It's going to have the sore shot. It's going to have everything. But I'm guess I'm not guessing. I know it gets easier. It it doesn't feel as heavy. It doesn't feel as foggy and cloudy because you're 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 addressing it. Yeah, 
And, solving it. Yeah. And what happens over time, the more that you address it, the quicker you resolve it. So what's happening Correct. right now for me, especially after being in a three-person relationship, oh my goodness, the amount of triggers that came up around jealousy, insecurity, attachment, abandonment issues across all three of us, um, we had to get quicker communicating. Otherwise, life would be very uncomfortable in a home with three people. So we had to mm. learn to get over ourselves and talk it out. So, yeah, the more you can address it, the more comfortable you will be at getting getting through it and the quicker you can have a resolvement and go back to living a really beautiful life where you're all on the same page, you support each other, understand each other. When you say talk it out, is that something that you communicate to prior to the that event happening, saying, hey, if we ever get in a heated situation and I am triggered and I respond and I react and I say some shit I don't want to say, in that moment, is do you pre-frame it, so to say? Well, the first few times that it would happen where one of us would get triggered, for example, me with jealousy, um, we didn't have an action plan beforehand because we didn't know it was going to happen. But then after it happened the first time, we would all come together, talk it out, get over it. I'd feel a lot better. And then over time, we just kind of knew, okay, in the future, if any of us feel triggered, we have to actually say, I feel triggered. Say those three words so the other people know rather than them feeling like they're tiptoeing around you. Just those words alone are enough for other people to be aware, okay, this person either needs space or needs to be spoken to. So we all knew what each person would appreciate in those moments. And then we just respected that with one another. I like it. Goes back to communication. Yeah. Whether it's in a business or in a relationship, whether it's family, whatever it may be. Gina, you're the best. Thank you so much for making some time for me, for the show, for everyone for listening. Um, This is incredible. Like Gina said many times, if you have any questions or you want to reach out to her, I'm sure she's happy to, to, to chat to you guys. But I need you to send me the, the podcast, uh, podcast, the profile of that. Is it Nicole Laparada La, La or yeah. Laparada? Nicole Laparada. I'll, I'll send it all Lepara. to you straight away and my blog as yeah, well. Yeah, send it to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll put that in the show notes. Gina, you are a legend. Thank you. I look forward to catching up. I might have to make a trip to Byron. Never been there. So you can take me to all the great spots. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me chat with you and introduce myself Always. to your community. It's been really Always. fun. And I'll make sure I don't bring any bottled water to your house, okay? Yeah, you better not. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, you're the best. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day. Gina, you have an amazing day, and I will chat to you soon. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great.